Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Claussen, and today I have Sandy Vo on with us, and um, we are going to chat everything yoga, science, Eastern philosophy, Ayurveda, modern science, all of the things. So I'm super excited to have Sandy on with us again for the second time. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me, Andrea. We're going to have a juicy conversation. Yeah, I'm sure. Yes. So the last time that you were on, you were on with, um, you know, Melissa. And so now we're going to kind of dive deep into some of, um, you know, your work in this world. And I would love to know a little bit more about your backstory and, um, how you got interested in yoga, Eastern philosophy and Ayurvedic practices. Yeah. I don't know if this is the same case for you, but what I find is anytime that someone embarks on the, the spiritual path, there was a level of pain that they had to experience in their lives before they began to decide that they needed to make a change. So for me, that's where it, it kind of stemmed from, um, from that level of, of pain that I experienced. I grew up as a multiracial, I'm Vietnamese, African-American, Indian to two hardworking immigrants. And for anyone that's listening to this, that um, is kind of in the same position, or even if you just have parents that are super hardworking, it, it creates this, this concept in your mind that you have to work really hard in order to be successful. And also if you're the daughter or son of immigrants, you also want to work hard because you have a lot that you want to prove. And so, you know, that drive to work hard, to prove something in the world, um, along with so many other painful events that happened in my life eventually led me to a space of depression. Uh, because, you know, when you try to be something or someone that you're not, and it's someone that you, you want or other people want you to be, it just creates this sense of disconnect with yourself. And you start, you stop learning how to trust yourself. You stop learning how to um, be guided by your own intuitive path. However, that's unfolding for you. Even if you don't know what your intuition is at that time, we all kind of have that experience with our intuition, right? So, um, yeah, it got to a place where I experienced great depression and, um, I thought that the only way that the pain would go away would to be to take away my own life. And through that process and, and that whole journey in itself, I, I remember lying on the bed and just hearing this voice come through and it, it wasn't uh, it wasn't a sign for me to take away my own life but a sign for me to kill the ego mm -hmm. so we all have we all have an ego identity and the ego identity is something that we need to be a part of the world and to you know do the the jobs that we do play the roles that we play but the ego identity that i was so attached to at that time was so far removed from where my soul's involvement was meant to be that there was a disconnect. And, and I thought that that was like, okay, you should just take your own life. And that's going to be how you um, will escape from this. But I misheard it. And it really was kill the ego so that you can give birth to a new experience. And that's the, the part where you know, some might call a spiritual awakening. That's when you start to wake up to the true nature of who you are. So today I, um, I founded Prosperous the Podcast and Prosperous School of Self-Realization where 
I work with a lot of high performers to help them deconstruct the unconscious mind and to look at what are the habit patterns that are driving their behaviors. And, you know, we tap into the three levels of consciousness and learn how to access higher levels of consciousness so that that becomes the way that we lead our lives, not so much by what we think the world um, is telling us to do, which I call external programming. So I'm sure we can go into that as well on this episode. Wow. Wow. Uh, your story is very powerful and thank you for sharing that with us. And um, yeah, I think that's a great place to dive into is that that external or the shoulds, because I think a lot of us have felt that. And especially with you know 2020 being the year it was, I think a lot of um, you know, the veils were kind of thinned on what we were doing with our lives and, you know, are we living our purpose? So I would love for you to share a little bit more about that. And if people are in that position, you know, maybe ways that they can slowly start to, you know, shed some of those layers of themselves. Yeah. For me, what I found was super helpful in recognizing that I was living in my own external programming and not so much the life that I was meant to live or, or what my dharma or my purpose was, um, was starting my path with my spiritual teacher, my meditation teacher. Um, I, I started to learn how to meditate 60 seconds a day and at a time. And the more that I learned how to meditate, the more that these, these side effects of anxiety and even the depression that I had, it started to dissipate because I was creating a new experience within my own mind-body field. And when you create a whole new experience in your mind-body field and you teach your mind something different and then your body experiences something different, when you have that space, that's when you can recognize that you were living in external programming, that that you can see that the, the habit patterns that you have are something that you adopted and absorbed from the outside world and through society. And we don't realize this because so much of it is happening from an unconscious state. It happens through the, the movies that we watch growing up and the messages, the very subtle messages that come across in those movies. Um, it happens through uh, going to school and learning from teachers and professors and and learning about how life is supposed to look like that it should be this very linear path of you go to school you graduate you get your degree you get a job you get married you buy a house you have kids and then you pay the bills for the rest of your life right and you know when I started practicing meditation, I was creating this new response within my mind and my body, this new experience. So then it was it became easier for me to recognize, oh my goodness, the life that I'm living is full of shoulds. Like this, I'm doing what I should be doing, not so much what my soul or um, you know who I incarnated into this world to be. So if you're in a space right now where you feel like you're living the the I should life, and you're recognizing through this conversation, it's brought to your awareness that there's some external programming that you might be living in right now, and we all we all have this to so many degrees. Um, and it, some of us, it's going to take us a whole lifetime to undo. But if you're recognizing that this really gets to be your opportunity to create the space that's necessary. So the way that you create the space is by giving your mind and your body a new experience. For me, that was practicing 60 seconds of meditation at a time. And for you, it might be 60 second meditation, or it might be just 
introducing something new to your mind and body by taking a few deep breaths, you know, for 60 seconds a day. So for one minute a day, you're just committing to taking slow, deep breaths. And when you start doing this, you start rewiring your mind and your body to feel that sense of relaxation, to feel that sense of being present. That's really what this is, is when you meditate you're giving yourself this experience to be present. And when you're present, you're removed from the projections of the future and the worry of what the future is supposed to look like, which can cause anxiety and is also a form of holding on to control for some people. And then you also detach yourself from the dwellings of the past of, you know, the mistakes that you made or some of the guilt that you might have. So when you do 60 seconds of meditation or breathing, it's bringing your mind, your body, your spirit to become in full alignment. And then you become very present. And now you're in a, in a, a receptive mode, right? You're creating this space for the, uh, the universe to kind of offer you whatever guidance it is that you need that you couldn't hear because there was way too much going on in your mind. Mm. Yes. I mean, this was one that the yoga teacher, I just had a yoga class today had talked about that, just dropping in and being present. And it was a yin class. And she said, if you need to just stay here and be present, she goes, that honestly might be the hardest thing to do. All class is just stay present. And that got me thinking, and this is something that we talked about a little bit um, when I was going through Ayurveda school was if someone is so out of their body and just very fight or flight anxiety, um, you know, sometimes being present can make it or trying to come back into their body. It can be really, really challenging. Um, you know, and if someone's in that kind of fight or flight or high anxiety state state, you know, is this something you recommend like having just an outside, um, you know, support system there, maybe helping them like to show them that this is a safe space. It is okay to be present in your body. I'm so glad that you mentioned this because I think that this is an area that we don't talk enough about. And if you are, listening to this and it, like even just the thought of being present or feeling grounded in your body is giving you anxiety, you might think that there's something wrong with you. But um, I remember when I was in super high states of anxiety, it was, I was like a hamster running inside of a wheel, like it never wanting to, to, to pause and always having something to do. It was really challenging to teach myself how to slow down. And it was scary because if I slowed down, it meant that I had to be present with my emotions. So the way that we do this and the reason why I said 60 seconds is we have to start from a very gentle space and learn how to have different conversations with ourselves. So within you is the inner child version of you, right? It's a, your youngest version of self. And um, from the ages of six to 14, 15 years old, um, there was a, a collection of memories or experiences that you might've had that uh, really calls for your own nurturing and your own soothing that, that also probably played a huge part in activating these, these anxious feelings that you might be experiencing. So for me, six to 14 years, years old, it was you know, growing up in a, in a household with hardworking immigrant parents, which just like seeing them work hard and hearing the stories about how they grew up in 
another country, Vietnam, made me um, want to work even harder. It's uh, my dad leaving the family, and after however many however many years, um, so he left when I was 14 years old. And so there's a lot of collective memories, or in Sanskrit we call this the um, the chitta, the the unconscious mind. And these memories or these samskaras that, that come from the unconscious mind, they come with a collective sense of experiences that we're going to have, which can trigger those emotions itself can trigger um, in these times when we try to slow ourselves down or be present. So what I would invite you to do, if the thought of being present in your own body feels uncomfortable for you is to get into some type of movement. And this is why yoga uh, can be such a helpful practice because you're moving your body and movement in itself is medicine. Uh, energy is constantly wanting to flow. And what happens is when we are uncomfortable with slowing down and being present in our bodies, but we feel like we need to, it creates friction. So it's almost like you're pressing the gas and then you're pressing the brakes at the same exact time. And now you're completely like in the static or this friction mode and your heart isn't able to receive um, what, what it's asking to receive in that particular moment. So the way that you would just slow yourself down is I would just listen to some music that allows you to slow down a little bit more and move your body without judging it. It, just moving the body is so helpful for if you're anxious, even if you want to go and take a walk outside in nature, because you're giving your body something to do. It's not like you're sitting still. I think sitting still is the scariest thing for people when they're feeling super anxious. And sometimes it actually hurts you more than it harms you because it's triggering that trauma response or the, some of the samskaras that we have stored in our unconscious mind, right? So going for a nature walk outside, receiving the energy of mother nature and how nurturing it feels, um, moving our bodies in a slow and fluid way and without judging ourselves, those are really simple practices and ways to start getting comfortable with your body and introducing to it new experiences. And what happens is once you start doing that and you start feeling good, you're, you're like, oh, wait a second, going for a walk outside in nature isn't so bad. I'm noticing that I'm becoming more present. Then you'll get more comfortable with that experience and you'll begin to deepen that practice even more through some of the practice that you know you might talk about on here or I might share on today's episode. Mm-hmm. Yes, I mean, those are, that's, uh, those are my favorite things. That's like my pillars of what I what I like to teach is, you know, movement, mindfulness, and mother nature. And, um, I mean, really all three can go together beautifully, you know, you can, you're getting all three in one. Um, and I, I really want to talk a little bit kind of, you know, speaking with mother nature and like the seasonal aspect to things and seasonal living. Um, cause I know this is something that we wanted to, you know, talk about with the chakras and the seasonal living, but before we kind of dive into that, I would love to get, um, you know, your kind of definition or meaning of what does seasonal living mean to you? Mm, I love that. This is so good. And this is so, um, it's very relevant to the times that we're living in right now. And I'm glad that you're, you're mentioning it. So 
seasonal living to me means to honor the the seasons of life that we all go through and the unique divine path that is unfolding for each and every one of us and trusting in the divine timing of that. So when I look outside me right now, we are in the the vata season right so it's winter time here in upstate new york and it's super chilly it's very dry all of the leaves are completely off the trees and the tree is in full hibernation mode and it's a season of rest it's a season of receiving it's a season of um, prioritizing our energies so you know we as human beings we can kind of look at that and learn how to uh, allow nature to mirror what's happening within us and honor the season that's that's within us to rest, to receive, to listen a little bit more. And in that, in the space of that resting, that's when we get more creative. So Vata is um, a space and air in Ayurveda. And, you know, it's all about your creativity. And so when you start to be able to get into that rest mode, because you're in the rest mode and you're not in a space of, I need to do, 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 and hustle, 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 hustle. You actually start to receive the ideas or the messages or the downloads or the creativity that is meant to be expressed through you, which then births itself in the springtime, you know, just like the way that, that nature is. So that's what seasonal living means to me. It's just honoring the, the, the times and the seasons that are unfolding uniquely for you. Mm. Yes. I, I love it. And that's something that from me growing up on a farm, it's, Ooh, I, I mean, it's something that you see, like, it's something that you, I mean, I'm just used to that. And then when I moved off the farm, you know, it was something I kind of almost forgot and was like longing for. And then all of a sudden, you know, when I started studying Ayurveda, you know, like six years ago, I was like, Oh, this is, this feels like home to me because this is what I knew, you know, innately we know, but sometimes we forget or have stepped away from, um, you know, just that slowing down. And um, again, this past year, I think forced a lot of us to slow down and really got to, to honor these seasonal changes and to really notice, um, you know, for me being in Minnesota and I know, you know, right now you're in New York and it's cold, <laughs> but a lot of people are getting outside, you know, they're buying the gear to get outside because what else is there to do right now? And, you know, I think that's a beautiful thing of people learning to embrace, okay, just because it is winter doesn't mean that we need to stay in. We can still, you know, enjoy what mother nature has going on. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's a beautiful, um, I guess, way to look at kind of seasonal living and, um, how you can introduce it into your life. Yeah. And even, even with that, like, isn't it so cool to look at the different seasons of life and how it always leads you to exactly where you're meant to be. Like at one point you were farming and you were living on a farm and you, there were so many things intuitively that you knew, and then it led you on the path to becoming a practitioner in Ayurveda. And then even for me growing up with Eastern roots, you know, I, I used to eat on the floor and um, we would sometimes eat with our hands. I would watch my grandmother eat with her hands. And, you know, when I grew up in America, I started to kind of deny those things or just not receive them because it wasn't how people in America were living. But now, even just this past year, I began to honor that a little bit more 
and I started to go back to my roots. So it's like this, even the seasons of the life, life that we're living in, in and the way that it evolves, um, even looking at it that way from like a bigger point of view just shows you how um, everything has a season and eventually it leads you to the season that you're meant to be in. Mm. Oh, that's beautiful. I would love to know now, you know, with the chakras, how do, how do they play a role with seasonal living? Mm, I love this. Well, this is really good. So chakras are chakras. I know that there is a lot of information out there about chakras. And what I always like to do is bring people back to the roots of what it means. So you can kind of understand the foundation of it. So chakras are energy centers. They're psychoenergetic wheels of energy, and they're within the um, midpoints of our bodies going from the root all the way up to the crown of our head, which is a little bit inside the head and a little bit outside the head. And the importance of the chakra body is that it's our subtle body. So we have a physical body that has organs and tissues and, and all of these things that we can physically see, but we also have this subtle body that is, that is within us. And based on whatever season that it's in, um, it really doesn't matter. The practice of learning how to align the chakras will be really, really impactful. So let's say right now we're in the Vata season, right? And um, let's say that because it's the Vata season, I'm just going to use myself as, as an example. One of the things that my fiance, Zach, and I started knowing, learning or seeing, recognizing being here in upstate New York is we started to feel super restless. And we've never felt this way before. I've been living here for 12 years and every winter I love it because I love the, the space to kind of hibernate and, and just retrieve and, and read books and get cozy and, and all of those things. But I remember starting to feel super restless and I really had to, instead of just looking at my outer body and what was happening in my outer body, I had to like, look at my, my inner body, the chakra body and, and get in tuned with myself to understand what, what feels like it's, it's spinning um, out of alignment right now. And the deeper that you develop your relationship with your body, the more you can kind of feel or sense these things inside of your body. So when I started to sit with this in my practice, I started noticing that, um, my, it was my, my solar plexus area and which is a little bit below the navel and, um, a, a little bit above that it was my solar plexus. And then my, my womb area. So my sacral area, my solar plexus area, and then my heart area. So those three areas particularly stood out to me a lot more. And as I started to kind of listen to the, those chakras more, and I did some chakra alignment practices in, in this season, I started noticing that the season was illuminating what was happening within me in the chakra body. So my creativity, which is the sacral chakra, my, my determination, my willpower, self-preservation, which is, or, or the sense of fearlessness, which is the solar plexus chakra, and then love my heart and its ability to continue to expand was being affected by the environment that I was in. And when I started to dive into this even more, and I started to, to kind of see where the connection points are, 
and Zach and I started having deeper conversations around this, we realized that, you know, um, our time in New York was coming to an end Mm -hmm. and that our energies were requiring more of us going outdoors and being around luscious nature, um, especially around this time. And typically around this time, we'll, we'll kind of migrate to tropical places just like birds kind of migrate right Mm -hmm. um but for whatever reason this year it just it just felt like no like you're you're meant to move you're meant to to open doors to a new chapter you're meant to have a slower paced lifestyle because it's interesting even though we live here in upstate new york and you know we've created a space that feels like a sanctuary in our apartment home uh, when you leave outside that space you can feel the energy like the the friction and with everything that's been going on with uh, the pandemic and last year and the, 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 the static that you feel in the environment around you, even going to the grocery store and hearing how people are um, exuding the, their, the energy of fear, right? Um, versus when we were actually traveling down in Florida, we had a completely different experience because the sunshine and the way that people were Uh, experiencing themselves because they were receiving sunshine and nature was completely different. So we really had to kind of learn how to follow that and honor it. So what I love so much about the chakra body is that when you kind of learn how to make decisions from the chakra body before you make for, make a decision from the physical body since the chakra body comes first you can really identify what's happening here why does this feel out of alignment what are the what are the 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 energy wheels inside of my body that feels like it's spinning way too much or spinning in an opposite direction and then sit down and be honest with yourself and ask well why what what does my environment look like what thoughts am i thinking what am i surrounding myself with um we even noticed our family members, it was, it was challenging even to be around them because of how much this was affecting them. And, um, you know, the, the amount of TV that they were watching or news that they were watching, that was really alarming them. And it was challenging to even spend time with them. And we love spending time with family. So there was so much happening that just directed us into a completely different space. Yeah. I feel like, um, I mean, I do want to touch on this briefly because I think it's a great place to, you know, talk about this is media. And it's something I've been talking about in the podcast this past month too, is media, social media, and how that is playing a a large role in what a lot of us are feeling lately. Um, You know, and that I think addiction that a lot of us are starting to get to the, to our phones and to media. Um, Can you talk a little bit about, you know, maybe even including with the chakras, why, why having a ton of media, you know, always at our fingertips or always consuming it might not be the most positive thing. Yes. Well, I love that you bring this up. Um, One of the things that I did when I started to embark on this spiritual journey, because it was just a, a calling for me. And I, I wanted to honor that to every degree was I completely shut down my social media accounts. I closed down my blogs, Twitter, all of that. Um, so that I could just be completely present with, with this time. And, you know, sometimes I still have the urge to, to do so because it's really not the end of the world. Um, the thing with social media and the thing with our technologies is that technology plays a huge part in how we communicate and it's, conti- it's going to continue to play a huge part in how we communicate. 
Um, but where we will begin to experience the pain and the suffering that we might be experiencing is when we don't know how to use our own discernment or our own internal guidance to use it more responsibly, the ability to respond to something, right? Um, responsibility. And so when it comes to social media or just consuming information that's outside of you, first of all, let's look at how we're doing it. So in order for you to consume the, this, the, the media, social media or whatever kind of media, you have your phone, your, your telephone device. So your fingers, where a lot of your energy, the electrical energy that's through your body, your, the electrical energy that's through your body is then also receiving the signals and the uh, radiation that's coming from your phone. Anything that you touch is also touching you. So that's the first thing. And then the way that you're on your phone, like you're bending down, your neck is like, you know, curved a little bit. It's what you call the text neck. And you're not assuming a healthy posture to consume that information. So there's a second thing. So first is like energetically with the radiation. Second is our physically with the posture and mentally what happens after that is we start to consume this information and you might feel really, really good about your life. You might look at your life and your husband and your kids and, and your business and everything that you have going on. And you are so fulfilled. You are so happy with yourself and you're grateful for the path that you've come across. And then you open up your phone and one thought, one, one information that somebody said about something, whether it's about business, whether it's about COVID or the pandemic, um, completely spins you out of whack and out of control. And you no longer feel what it was that you were feeling prior to pressing on, prior to touching your phone. So now it's affecting you on a mental basis, right? And then on a spiritual basis, when you're now, when your energy and then your body and then your mind is basically becoming a slave to the phone, then we start to become more disconnected from our spirit. And we are no longer able to receive information the way that we are meant to when we are in that full state of being present. So I'm not saying any of this to scare anyone, but to really bring your awareness to the way that we use social media and our approach. We can still use social media. It can still be a beautiful vehicle for us to connect, for us to express our gifts in the world, for us to um, be able to serve other people, right? But if we don't use it with discernment and if we don't have any type of um, boundaries around our phones and social media, then we will become slaves to it and we will become more disconnected from our spirit. So it's so important that we take times, like you were just saying, Andrea, where you spent a whole month off social media, you know, don't be afraid to do that. Don't be afraid to get off social media as much as you need. I think the reason why I say I feel the urge to just completely get off of social media for a year or, or whatever, but I'm not doing it is because I, I, I use it with a lot more discernment now than I used to um, times a million. Um, I I'm, I'm not physically on it every day. Um, I have an assistant that also helps to support me in some of those areas as well. I um, I'm very clear about what I'm using social media for. I don't ever have it in my, my room. 
Um, when I'm sleeping at night, it stays outside. I don't wake up to it first thing in the morning. It is not my priority. And I'm, I'm clear about what my intentions are with it. So if you're using social media right now, if you want to stay, if you want your chakras, your chakra body to stay in alignment and not spin out of whack and um, to honor that, that season of what truly matters to you in your life, then that's where you can practice boundaries when it comes to social media. So just some common practices that, that I'll share is one, um, put your phone away from your your bed or even away from the room. The room to me is an intimate space. It's an intimate space for me to sleep, for my body to be nurtured, um, for me to make love to my receive love. And it's not a space to just, you know, uh, allow my mind to dull down through looking at other things on social media or other people's lives. Right. So the phone is for us in our household. Number one rule is that it never is in our bedroom. Second thing is, um, think about what your intentions are with social media. Why are you on it? Because if you don't have this intention, it's so easy to just go on and scroll, 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 and lose yourself in the process of it. So when you have a core intention, it's easier for you to know what to do with it as well. So maybe your intention is to foster deeper connections. So if you're on there and all you're doing is watching a bunch of reels or you're just doing that nonstop and, and it's not aligning with your core value of fostering deeper connections, then maybe that's a sign that it's time for you to um, use it in a completely different way. Third thing is um, notifications. So I don't have notifications on my phone whatsoever. So I, my phone is completely silent. I know it doesn't make my family happy when they're trying to contact me. Um, but the reason why I do this is because I, nothing is more important than the present moment for me. And when I can be present with what's in front of me, instead of hearing my phone, bing, 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 like left to right, which, which I used to have, uh, it pulls me away from being in the present moment. So I might be in flow state and I might be having creative ideas to do something or even just being present with the self, right? It's such a beautiful space to be in. And then some, I hear a ding on my phone. Now I'm completely, you know, subtracting myself from that experience. So just a few simple practices that, that anyone can do um, to utilize social media in a way that honors your, your spirit. I love that. And the notifications, I am in the same boat. I don't have any on either. And my phone's always on silent. So I'm the same as someone's trying to call me or text me. They're like, where have you been? I'm like, I've, I've been home. I just, sorry, didn't look at my phone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I totally agree with, um, you know, with Instagram, because the, the interview that's going to air, you know, right before yours, the, you know, Courtney, our guest has completely just gotten off it, deleted all of her social media profiles, but I think it's important to, you know, kind of showcase there are other ways and I'm still playing with what I'm going to do, you know, personally, if I'm going to completely get off or, I mean, I really do like the idea of the boundaries and everything that you're sharing. Um, and I think a lot of it is, is about what you were saying with finding what works best for you. And, you know, if you are noticing, um, cause I was talking to people who, you know, are just like, yeah, I'm just in the kitchen. You know, I just finished doing the dishes. I pick up my phone and it just automatically I'm clicking on Instagram and scrolling before they even thought about anything. And I think that's the point where, you know, she was just like, Ooh, okay. Something needs to change, you know, taking the break. And then again, thinking like, what is the purpose of doing this and trying to have it, 
um, you know, maybe having it harder to reach the app, you know, or just something where you can kind of have to give it a thought before you open up, you know, whatever that social media app is for you, you know, whether it be the news, Facebook, Instagram, um, you know, YouTube. So I, I do like all of those ideas just to kind of give yourself, okay, am I present? Am I being present? Or I just kind of left my body momentarily. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that too, about making it harder for yourself because you don't want it to become an automated experience where you almost become robotic as well. Right. So like even just taking all of your social media apps and putting it on the very last page of your phone so that you have to scroll super far in order to, in order to get there. Um, that's one of the first things that I did too. And it's super helpful because it's like, okay, I'm too lazy for this right now. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And burying it. Like I have, I don't even know how I did it. I, d- I couldn't even tell you, but I tried to watch a YouTube video and then I really, st- I don't care enough to set my phone up to this really, really pretty function. Yeah. And um, so I started that. So everything is like dumped in these folders. So it makes it hard for me to get to anything unless I like manually go in and type what I'm looking for. And yeah. I actually have found that's been so helpful because it does give you pause. Like, Ugh, do I want to have to scroll, find that page? And then I have to type in what I'm looking for. And um, you know, that slows you down to say, Ugh, I don't, I don't really need to do that right now. Right. Um, Yeah. You actually have space to remember what your intentions are your, you know, like what's important to you in that moment. Yes. Well, I want to kind of talk about one more, um, you know, one more thing, which is also, you know, super important one is, you know, talking about, cause we've talked about it kind of all day today is, you know, finding that, um, you know, kind of your most authentic self. So, um, I would love to know maybe any ideas for people to connect to that, that version of themselves, you know, that, um, you know, for yourself, you know, taking those 60, 60 seconds of, you know, if it's meditation, breath work, um, but do you have anything else for people to start finding that side of themselves? If they, if they want to, you know, go a little deeper with themselves this year. Mm, I love that. I feel like 2020 was so special in the sense that it helped us all to slow down so much and go back to what truly matters and what's most important to, to us. And so you 2020 already did the prep work for you. That's a, that's a beautiful part right there. You're already getting an idea of like, Oh, I thought this was supposed to make me happy, but now that I don't have it anymore, I realize that I'm, I'm even happier, right? Like, um, and so it 2020 did the prep work. So that's where we can have a little bit of gratitude for 2020. So yeah, we talked a lot about external programming in the beginning. So for me, when it comes to being your authentic self and knowing your authentic self, it always comes down to what your core values are. And sometimes we may not even know what this is because we haven't even, it's, it's kind of like we've been running on the treadmill of life and we never even had the opportunity to pause and really think about this. So when I say core values, it's going back to your core, the core of your heart and truly feeling what is it that I embrace the most about life? If there was no such thing as society and if there was no such thing as media and people, like if this was just you living in your own magical universe right now, what truly, truly, truly matters to you? Like what, what do, do you most embrace in your heart? For some people, if you take a few moments to just listen to your heart, you might hear, I just want to be happy. 
for some people it's peace for some people it's love for some people it's living in their truth for some people it's being able to honor the highest expression of who they are this is going to look different for everyone but when you give yourself enough space to actually listen and hear what it is that surfaces for you without the prison that we put ourselves in of what we think it's supposed to look like, then we go back to our roots. Then we realize, ah, I'm just here because I want to go back to love. I want to elevate, you know, the consciousness of earth through the engine of love. And if that's your truth, then you get a chance to look at, feel, feel the love in your body, but then look at your entire life and your business and your relationships and everything that you're doing and say, well, am I showing up from a place of love here or here or here or here? And if the answer is no, because you've been doing a bunch of things that you should be doing or the things that you think you're supposed to be doing, and it's causing a lot of resentment and friction inside of your own body, that's where you know that you can do more of the deeper work. And the deeper that you can kind of access that work and and really undo what's sitting in the unconscious mind, which is a very, very powerful force, and you bring it into your conscious mind, which is the, the, there's three levels of awareness, the unconscious, the conscious, and then the super conscious mind. So when you take what's in the unconscious and you bring it into the conscious mind, now you're able to make a decision based on your most authentic version of self. So you do this again and again and again through different vehicles of your relationships, business, um, thoughts that you have with yourself, with um, the people in your life. It eventually brings you to live this completely authentic life. So for example, when I first started my business, first of all, it was a really hard thing for me to do because I was a saleswoman and I was also teaching meditation for free on the side. And I had this belief that you can't be a meditation teacher and make lots of money. So now you have to have a sales job and then just basically live in two completely different worlds. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, or on the other hand, you can't be a successful saleswoman and, and call yourself spiritual, right? How many of us make these, these concepts up in our minds, these like very, um, these very uh, rigid boxes that we live in. So when I started my business, there was a lot that I even had to unlearn to even have the business. And I realized, wait a second, my business is my vehicle of service to the world. And because I'm showing up and serving people, I also get to receive an equal energy exchange through the form of money. And the, the money is love, right? It, it takes love for me to show up and deliver service to other people. And it also takes love to receive the energy in return. And then the other thing that I had to undo is that, you know, my business didn't have to look like anyone else. So, you know, most businesses are nine to five and most businesses you have to work five or six days a week or most or every day. And for me this past year, I started working bi-weekly. So I worked one week and I was off the next, I worked one week and I was off the next, I was in my masculine rooted in my, my feminine energy one week. And then the next I was completely in my feminine. Um, so it gets to look completely different based on you. So once you start getting really clear about who your authentic self is, you can create 
a lifestyle that actually supports that authentic version of yourself. And it starts leaking into everything else that you do. I mean, what you just shared, like that, as we were talking about before we hit record with, you know, my transition, that's exactly what I didn't think was possible until I am now fully in Ayurveda. And I was like, oh my goodness, I, I actually can do exactly what you talked about working yeah. one week and then, you know, resting the next work a week rather than right now that's, it's not possible just doing training because it's in every single week and it, everyone has their certain time slot. And I was like, wow, this is something that I wanted that I, I didn't think was possible until you kind of just looked at it from a different lens. And sometimes it is like taking a step back and, you know, really thinking about what is it that I want and how could it be possible instead of thinking it's not. Yes. And this is why like listening to podcasts or having a mentor is so helpful. I know for me, I had my meditation teacher that I talked about, but having a mentor is so helpful because they can see from different lenses and offer you a completely new perspective, which will change your experience and your reality. So even with Ayurveda, the way that my whole entire day unfolds is is in alignment with my, my Ayurvedic schedule, you know? So, so I'm mostly Pitta fire energy. And, um, the times that I'm the most productive are around the times of, you know, where the sun is out. So from 11 to 3 PM is my most productive time. So, so I'll do most of my work or see clients around that time. And then at 3 PM, my energy slumps. Then I feel like I, I want to nap or I just, I want to be doing something creative. I want to move my body. I don't want to sit still. And, and I get to honor the, the body is Vata, you know, move, movement, the, the Vata, the space that I want to be in. So it's, it's so fascinating, like to take everything that you learn through spirituality and the Eastern philosophies that, that I've learned, Ayurveda, yoga science. And then now my business is a walking example of those practices and, and I never thought that that could be done, right? But um, in doing so, uh, because I haven't seen it be done, I had to trust the energy and how I was feeling along the way. So even though I can't find proof of it out there, I know how I feel. And then I also can see the, the uh, direct results that then comes from it, from the impact that my clients are experiencing or from the income that's also coming in because I'm honoring my energy along the way. Oh. Well, if people are listening and they're like, I want more Sandy, how can they connect with you? How can they work with you? Yeah. So we actually just launched a brand new website. And this is something that just means so much to me because I found the online space to be overly stimulating and, um, there's just so much going on. And I really wanted to create a space for people to go back to home to themselves and, and, and trusting their own inner wisdom and their own bodies, instead of just like taking information of what you should or shouldn't do. And so my new website is, is an experience. It's like taking a walk in nature, which is what we wanted to feel like. Um, so you can just go to sandybow.com and you can learn a little bit more about prosperous school self-realization on there. It's a 90 day leadership program for females to really um, reconnect to their bodies and honor their highest expression and then really allow it to unfold in the world. And then you can listen to my podcast, Prosperous the Podcast, where we dive into all of this stuff a lot, a lot deeper. I know we covered so much today. You asked really great questions. Thanks. I mean, I, I love, this is everything that you do and teach. It's everything I also love. So uh, 
it's some of it's my own curiosity. <laughs> I love it. I know they're really, I'm like, I should write all these questions down. They're so good. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Well, I just have one final question for you. I always like to throw out a weekly challenge. And when I have guests on, I have you guys throw out the challenge to everyone. So what would you like that challenge to be this week? Okay. So when you said this, something came up right away. Cause I had just facilitated some body work in, in one of my memberships and it's, it's getting back in touch with your body. So you know how, when you fell, when you were a baby, like your mom would come up to you hopefully and pick you up and just like touch your, your hair or your head, or even if you, if you have a baby right now, Andrea, you have how a four year old he's four, but I okay. still do this. <laughs> right. Okay. So, so what's your, what's your boy's name? Jalen. Jalen. Okay. Yep. That's a beautiful name. Okay. So Jalen is like having a great time and he falls on his face. What do you do as a mom? I will run and go pick him up and hug him and give him a kiss. <laughs> yeah. And you'll soothe him. You'll touch yes. him, right? Like you'll soothe him. So just in the same way that we do this for our children or the way that our parents did this for us when we fell, um, what I'm asking and inviting more people to do is to do this for themselves and reconnect to your body because your body is a messenger. Your body carries so much wisdom and so much of the world that we live in today is disconnecting us from our body. So it's as simple as literally I'm doing it right now, taking your, your hands, feeling the warmth of your hands and feeling it on your body. And you're just rubbing yourself rubbing your thighs up and down, or just taking your hands and placing it on your heart and creating a circle, right? With your hands on your heart, that soothing energy, that, that ability to soothe yourself is so underrated. So that's my, that's my challenge for you for this, this week or this month, this whole year. Oh, I love that. I love that. This is the first time we've had that one. So thank you. Of course. Thank you. Yes. Thank you so much for coming on Sandy and sharing your wisdom and definitely go check out her work. I'm going to go check out your website as soon as I, we're done with the podcast. Yay. I want to see this. A walk in nature. Oh, I love to hear your thoughts. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Well, thank you so much. And everyone go out there and spread your peaceful power. Mm.